0: Still have to release last week's Westworld Bonanza. Things are extra complicated after this week, though. I know, because I won a bet box bet, did I not? Long time ago, we said that we were going to
1: go to another Westworld. That bet box, you won. This was a real setup episode. It was a total setup, but it filled in enough of the Bernard Timeline. That, like, yeah. you know, things are really, things are, the, the range of outcomes for Bernard is really shrinking now. So did he upload that entire file into his person? That kind of feels like what happened. He definitely stripped it off Abernathy, right? Oh, my God. He went full Cambridge Analytica like, there. <laughs> like, Abernathy's useless now, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right, just checking. But... The way that we ran into the executive at the end, it made it sound like there's going to be
1: another Abernathy run-in. No, I think that she at that point had found out that Abernathy had been wiped. I don't know. There's got to be a big twist somewhere in here. We'll figure it out. There's some there's some interesting online theories. I I've been staying up. I've been staying away from them. I've been consuming them all. So <laughs> you're welcome. All
0: right, on to some miscellaneous baseball. Have you been following this uh Trevor Tyler Bauer stuff?
1: Yeah. What what do you even want to say about it?
0: I I don't know, but it's it does raise an interesting uh point. So Trevor Bauer has been um going on a Twitter escapade of uh unfortunate i don't even know how to describe it he's been complaining about um about sticky substances on balls and saying that the spin rates are because people are using sticky substances Mm -hmm. substances and he wasn't allowed to when he nearly cut off his finger last year it's bleeding all over the place (laughs) He, he couldn't use they couldn't um put uh, super glue on his fingers, essentially, because it could put some sticky substances. But he's saying that players are doing it all the time. I don't... And he's getting everybody mad at him. I just... Andy's pointing out the Houston Astros are likely candidates to be doing something. I just
1: don't like see how that can be. Because there's cameras everywhere. I mean, there's like... Fifteen cameras on the pitcher at all times. I no, I agree. I mean, like we we've all seen pictures of pitchers doctoring balls, and like, sure, it's subtle, but like cameras pick it up. Yeah, you can't always have your glove closed at the right time. You can't like. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we made it. We made it to the milestone. We talked about this a few pods ago that Albert Pujols was was ready to break three thousand hits, and he did it. He did it, Our boy. Wow, that is a thousand more hits than um,
0: than Joe Mauer. That is right. Okay, you. The, what do you think about
1: Ichiro ending up in the front office? Smooth retirement. That that is how you treat a legend. Yeah. In your in your ball club. Absolutely. You sign him. You just get him to not play, and then when he's like, actually, I'm I'm not really happy not playing. Then you're just like, great, he, he we hit that milestone. Great. We had a plan the whole time. <laughs> Go to yeah, the front absolutely. office. There's a desk just with your to name the
0: front. on it. Do not worry about it. Just get over there. Uh we're taking you off the books.
1: You'll love it. Yeah. I think they were think they were into that. So, this week on the pod, it is all about power. Eric is gonna tell us a little bit about the basics of home runs and, and what the the status of the league looks like. And then I'm going to talk about the rise of the machines power edition give you some hints about where we might want to look to pick up home runs. Take it away Eric. Unlimited power. <laughs> we are
0: going to be talking We're both talking about home runs here, right? Or are you did you slip in some RBI chitter chitter chitter? Only home run. No nice. RBIs. Home runs. King of stats. All right, my friends, so I've been I I guess the the roles that Mike and I have set up is that I I go through the uh, some of the stats and then then we talk about things and then we we go from there. Uh, so, max home runs fifty nine, median home runs six. This is the population of hitters who got at least one plate appearance. So interesting, the uh correlation coefficient between home runs home runs to ownership home runs in 2017 to ownership in 2018 we're getting a little bit farther away from this being a realistic stat
1: 0.738. that I mean as we predicted that that's the highest that we've seen thus far yeah, most realistic yeah I mean, if you have more home
0: runs, you will get owned more. <laughs> <laughs> If you had more home runs last year, you will get on more.
1: This oh, year. that's I wonder. So I wonder if we can do some sort of cross correlation against the guys that are getting home runs this year. Yeah, we I
0: we should I can probably run that if we want to give that a try. So, top 200 players um by rank in 2017, the mode was 14 home runs. That's very interesting. Wow most common number but that kind of is bared out in the um in histogram that i put together here where we have we have some centering around the what is that like yeah it's like 13 to (laughs) 13 to 23 has most of the distribution
1: but there's there's a there's a sizable bin centered on 30 as well oh yeah yep there's a sizable bin on 30 as well I mean, it, this is this is saying that it's more common to have thirty home runs than ten home runs as a top that as true. a top two hundred player as a top two hundred player. Yeah, no, and that was sort of borne
0: out in the preseason on huh. the um, the player archetypes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Okay. Yes. You know, because that's an, an archetype for a top two hundred player is someone who gets 10, 10 home runs and thirty bags. But then the median of the distribution was 22. So, you know, that was, that all is bearing out what we expected. And I have these graphs. I, I don't know. I'm finding them like slightly informative. There's a lot of interesting stuff just scattering the um, home runs to ownership. Anyway, so what we have here home runs to ownership in uh, 2018 as of today, we see. <laughs> It's crazy this line across the top at a hundred percent, yeah, slightly uh lifting upwards from oh, very slight,
1: I mean very, very slight upward lift take the axes off these and see if you can get people to fit them, or better yet, like better yet switch the x and y and see if anybody comes up with that relation, right, exactly, but you see this. This
0: interesting group of people from the zero to the 10% owned could have, I don't know what that is, two home runs
1: all the way up to 30. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it is it's crazy to me that there's somebody that is, there's somebody that is 0% owned with 30 home runs. Who had 30 home runs last year. Yeah. That's Right. Could that be a, that's crazy. could that be a retiree is there someone that retired that isn't owned somebody that's hurt It's someone who's hurt it's got to be someone gotta because there's but, the so I'm curious where the people that that aren't hurt that that are actually on this are because there's you know guys down below 10 percent that have 20 home runs there's a good there's a chunk like five guys in the 20 home run range that are less than 10 percent owned right now yeah it's, that's very interesting So this,
0: so I put together first and then I, I I didn't even, I wasn't totally (laughs) thinking about it conceptually because it's an inverse relationship, but I, I did, um, rank the current, um, last year's rank as a function of last year's home run totals. (laughs) And you know, this is where those outliers come, come in. Um, Mike, how how do you want to describe this graph? (laughs) Do you think that you could have plotted the data on
1: here, or oh, would you let like, you would you have liked the data? Would you have the data? What what? After you've already told me what the intercept and slope are, why do you show me this line? <laughs> like, okay, I got it because because
0: I gave. <laughs> you're right. Fine, fair. You can you can see these in um, slope and intercept and R squared, etc. I mean, you should be able to build this. For from your mind, but when I first put on the graph, and I was going to make you guess what it was, and I was like, "That's really fucking stupid." I got to give them something. It's
1: like, <laughs> yeah. here's the intercept. And I was like, "Well, I should give them the slope." Here's the slope. Oh, well, now that I'm so at it, how, how do you interpret the intercept here? I'm always so. I'm a big fan of like this. This will come up in my section too. Thinking about how to interpret the intercept because thinking about it from a purely theoretical construct, there should not be an intercept. The y equals zero intercept? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah.
0: No, there there should not be an intercept. In theory.
1: But we're talking linear regressions here, so there will always be an intercept. But, but my okay, my hang up is that the intercept has no physical meaning. Like there isn't something that we can tie it to.
0: Well in this case, um the y equals zero is one person better than the best person is in theory what what it is, what it's relating. I don't understand. Well, because Y equals zero means that the rank of this person is zero. Yeah. This is the, this is the Ubermensch. This is the, this is the Superman. Yes, thank you. I know what Ubermensch means. And in this case, that, that value that intercept is 27.9 home runs so based on our linear regression of a noisy data set it says anyone who is able to get 27.9 or more home runs is you know better than the model would would otherwise be able to to create they are they are the uber they are the people that's who are, a lot of people that's a lot of people i mean it and, is but at the same i mean but if we're if we were to really play fantasy in like a in like a 32 team
1: dynasty league <laughs> you mean like the ML, mean, if we were mlb general managers <laughs> right i mean as someone
0: who who hit 28 home
1: runs like wow and that's why that's why people that hit home runs and have atrocious averages actually have jobs in the MLB. Yep, there you go. Boom. The but okay. Are you are you in disagreement with that? No, not necessarily, but now I'm coming back to your to your ownership graph for the top 200 and there's a there's a big chunk of people, like there's a whole a whole handful a whole more than handful of guys that have more than 28 home runs and way sub hundred ownership. So what is, what is that actually saying about fantasy ownership Then, if, if we are saying this is the Ubermensch line and <laughs> guys above that just aren't owned. Uh, right. And there are a lot of guys
0: who are above that who are, who aren't owned. Um, I mean I think it tells you more about w- how much you have to manage those players. I think that a lot of people don't own those players because they're on one side of a platoon and they're not able to actively manage that platoon and that's yeah. why they're not they're not keeping that player. And maybe that means that people aren't playing fantasy. Maybe this is an inefficiency that we need to figure out is like how do you get the Yuli girl yells and the the Mark Reynolds how do you extract the value from those guys who are in platoons but are
1: balls out mashers all right we got we need to do we need to do some thinking about platoon value and whether that's an inefficiency how you could have a squad of platoon guys cuz for home runs it's it's worth it because a single be. home run is so valuable in fantasy, single home runs.
0: Right, but how, and then how do you construct the rest of your team to be bulletproof
1: with a guy that might play once in a week? Yeah, that's a great question. We need the Bastardo strategy, except for platoon guys. We'll name it after our favorite funny named platoon guy that we don't know yet. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, i I think um, i I think you're right. The Charlie Sheen method. Yeah. <laughs> or the Charlie Dickerson. The Sheen, the Sheen strategy. Uh... <laughs> okay. Well, I,
0: you know, th- that's uh, again. This is a a uh, quick linear regression model from noisy data that we're not getting. Yeah, you're right. There went R R-R squared here isn't great, but. I think your point is exactly right. I mean, even if we were to create, even if we were to play around with this model, we're still not going to be able to model out, which you're going to probably tell me in, in 10 minutes, you're not able to model 60 home runs. Right. So why even bother? Just toss them from the data set. Yep. <laughs> okay. Now, I'll leave it at that. Um Geez, really? There are a lot of home runs out there, but I think that we did identify. We have to dive into the platoons to really yeah. to um, harvest some of these these home runs.
1: While we were shooting around our ideas for platoons, we considered a pretty extreme home run strategy. Here's an outtake. Good old Mark Reynolds. Oh, there you go. Always Mark Reynolds. We've we've been recording these hundred and some episodes just so that we could tell people today to to go for Mark Reynolds. (laughs) It's been a long time (laughs) coming, Mike, but
0: finally we've exposed ourselves. (laughs) No, no, we have not. Okay.
1: Uh, On that note... It's been two whole weeks since I blathered on about machine learning, and lest you think that the computational crucible was empty, I had actually just been operating under wraps owing to the massive amount of understanding and reading I've had to do to try and get any sort of sensical results out of these models. And now, we almost do. The fantasy tools are, as per our want, almost 70% of the way there. Welcome, my son welcome to the machine oh yes we need much more pink floyd theme action here i just want to i want to hedge my bets here and i should have hedged them more on the win total the model only says that it has 40 percent accuracy when i do the training and the test so it told you this did
0: did it whisper to you while you were uh while you're watching a whole bunch of other models play piano and then pause? That's, yeah.
1: I also uh, had an innovation where I disallowed anti-correlated stats. That is, I Uh stopped trying to mix in negative stat predictors as a predictor of positive activity. Um, I still think there's something there, but I would call this the tension between guys that get stolen bases and guys that get home runs. But I was trying to use stolen bases... To predict to say, okay, when you get more stolen bases, you get fewer home runs. But then I just ran into major Yule Simpson pitfalls. I can
0: I can see where that would be
1: coming. from. Well, you had these, you know, you had the the traditional Yule Simpson. You had totally crossed lines in what in yeah. what your stats are doing, what you think your stats are doing. So you ended up with just this weird straight line that meant nothing. <laughs> uh, so it, uh, when I when I started to do it, the model would predicted that. Everyone should get ten home runs. <laughs> like, it just like ran into this floor. It was like, nope, no. Everyone hit ten home runs last year. Like, no, how? Oh, <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> so I will say this time I also let the model be aggressive. Um, I I decided as as some of the dark artistry of doing these machine learning, I had to tune the model to some level. Ultimately, I decided that I wanted to be a little bit too aggressive which i think and you can correct me if you disagree on this i think lends itself well to fantasy value hunting i don't think yeah. that, i don't think being conservative with your player predictions in fantasy is actually helpful and this is a big change from how many people or many modelers actually forecast or actually report what they think guys are going their totals are going to be this year This sounds
0: so much like the guy who spends money on scratch tickets at a bar. But in all seriousness, (laughs) that's my fancy strategy. (laughs) Yeah, we are going to act like Jafar. We have to look for the diamond in the rough and
1: just have to lay it all out there so we can find them. So let me give you a list of guys that once I'd trained up the model amongst all of these peers, all the guys that had played appearances last year, here are the guys. That the model really thought they should have gotten home runs based on the rest of their profile, and yet they didn't. Buster Posey, Colton Wong, Dansby Swanson, Nick Marcakis, Xander Bogarts, Joe Mauer. I was I was really interested until you said
0: Joe Mauer, and then I said this this is totally bogus.
1: Whatever it is, I completely agree. Um, I mean, I I can tell you what the ingredients in the model were, and then we can try and suss it out. So the model ingredients are. Doubles, walks, singles, plate appearances, strikeouts. Um, turns out singles are the most important, which kind of harkens back to our conversation from last week about hits. Um, doubles, next most important, plate appearances, walks, strikeouts. So my inference is just that Joe Mauer still gets a lot of hits, and but he's doing it in a more crafty mode. And so the reason he shows up on this list is because he gets a bunch of hits, but... Everybody who has eyeballs knows that Joe Mauer is not hitting really anything out of the park anymore.
0: Anything, anything hard.
1: Yeah, no, that
0: would be interesting if we could figure out um if we could isolate power from from guys who can just get on base. I have and, like, access habit, I have
1: I have access to hard hit percentages. I just haven't folded them into the model yet. So um, I hadn't. I haven't mixed in some of the some of the high. I haven't mixed in any higher order stats. Actually, I mean, you can see from what I just reported to you, what what is actually going into this. It's just all base level. So maybe Babip will will do something. Got to figure out. Mauer only had seven home runs last. year. Mauer only had seven home runs last year. That is. Crazy. I think it's crazier that Nick Markakis and Xander Bogarts had eight and ten home runs respectively.
0: Well, Nick Marcakis has been doing the same thing as Joe Maurer for the last bunch of years.
1: I agree with that. Okay, all right, I'll accept that. But what about Xander Bogarts? Like, in the home run drenched universe of the 2017 baseball season, the model really thought he should get 31 home runs. I would
0: say, yeah, I would say the truth is somewhere between those two numbers. And I would be very happy with Xander Bogarts getting 21 home runs. Oh, I totally agree. And Nick Marcakis, too. I agree with that. Um, God, Alec, all of these, all I'm thinking is like, I mean, a more
1: realistic number is to have the two of these. Yeah, to the split between the two of them. I totally agree. All right,
0: so who who do you who do you have here? Yeah,
1: let group? me give you some guys here. Uh, most of these are the guys that you suspect. Um, and what I'm looking at are whether some of these guys are on on track for what the model actually got. So now we're zooming forward to use the 2018 data Trained on the 2017 model, so we predicted from 2017 how we think the, the profile stats that guys have accumulated are going to look this year. Um, I just highlighted a few. There's a there's a good chunk of guys that, that are on track to hit more than 40 home runs, so if you take just their brain dead, how many home runs have they accumulated so far, and run that out for the total number for 600 plate appearances. For instance, Mookie Betts is on schedule to hit 60 home runs. Uh, the model does a li- is a little bit more tempered in its expectations. 32. Wow. 32. Now, if you want somebody yeah. that the model is not tempered in its expectations, look no further than Bryce, Bryce Harper, Harper, who it really wow. wants him to hit 66 home runs this year. Jeez. Now, he is the outlier. So what this model basically did is predicted, predicted <laughs> that Bryce Harper is the Juan Carlos Stanton outlier of the year. So yeah. one of the things that's nice about this model is that it does have the flexibility to predict some of those outliers. So it predicted that Bryce Harper would be number one. Mike Trout's going to be number two with 53 home runs. Now, Mike Trout's, Mike Trout's right. on track for 46. So eh, is there some play?
0: If he got 50, that would be crazy. All right.
1: So what about guys that, that are worth ditching right now because it looks like they're on track. So Matt Adams on track for 56 home runs. Uh, let's let's back that off a little bit. The, model, got the model's got him yeah. going for 14. Uh, Joey Gallo, 12 home runs right now, extrapolates to 50. Let's call it 32. And Christian Villanueva, these are guys like my, this is my like get out list on if you think they're going to hit home runs right now. Also includes Pedro Alvarez and and Matt Davidson.
0: Oh come on! I own Matt Davidson and Christian Villanueva
1: in differing. Leagues. I am trying to tell you that the honeymoon period is coming to an end. All right, oh, all I right. Know, Enough I know, of I the know. who to drop. Let me tell you about guys that actually could be heating up. Uh, Mike Trout and Bryce Harper both both come up on the positive end of this. Heard of Other them? Other guys that you want to own: uh, Gregory Polanco. This they the model likes what he's doing. Freddie Freeman always been liked though. Anybody else on this list that you like? Well, Eric Hosmer, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Eric Hosmer on a twenty-two
0: home run pace, but you've got him perhaps at forty-one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I let
0: the model be aggressive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, and no one else here. I mean, Didi Gregorius it likes, which isn't surprising. Um, Reese Hoskins is it likes a lot, so that's I mean, that's a player everybody loves.
1: I mean, maybe some of these guys are in that camp where. They're this, the guys that we talked about earlier, where the model really over-predicted, and so maybe you split the difference mentally and still feel good about it. So the model sees underlying things that it likes, even if the guys can't fully realize that value. So if we run down the rest of the list, uh, Rafael Devers, Cesar Hernandez, it actually likes Sin Chu a lot, likes Trey Turner for a little bit more power, um, oh. Goldie, Travis Shaw. Robinson Cano, still looking legit in his stats. Javi Baez, a little bit less so. And Nolan Arenado. I mean, all guys that it likes. All right, you about ready to wrap this sucker up? Let's talk about your NBA playoffs. Um, since we spoke last... They were yours this year since, as well. All right, fair enough. Since we spoke last, the Celtics won three basketball games. That was very surprising. I did... I mean, those were a
0: lot of close games. A lot of pretty good games as well. Um I don't know what to say. I I don't I don't like their chances. I think that they can close out Philadelphia because yep. they've got three shots yep. now. Two in Boston. But but they're going to it looks like they're going to face LeBron James. That's who I asked for. You did. Are you feeling the hubris now coming back to bite you? <laughs> well, I was asking I was asking for him because it's LeBron James. I would rather play the Cavaliers than the Raptors. And he's a player that knocked him out last year. So I would rather, I always would rather play the best than the second best. Um, I didn't th- like my chances when I
1: said that then. And I don't like him now.
0: Unless LeBron gets So hurt. give
1: me a, give me a, f- well, let's work this backwards. Give me a finals prediction. Who does the West send to the finals?
0: I, man, I, you know what it's going to be? What's who who played in the nineteen eighty six finals?
1: Was it was it the Rockets Celtics? Yeah, that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> it is not gonna be the Rockets Celtics. Get out of here! I don't know. I don't know. Golden Golden State is go. manhandling
0: New Orleans, which is crazy. <laughs> I know they're finally getting over their um, their center
1: woes. Man, yeah, they're just they're just. Anthony Davis, nah, no, not a problem.
0: Review session here. Michael Peterson, HP6. <laughs> Good to see did you, you like, Did v. you like the choice? Ugh.
1: Good to see you. Like, you, you know, we talked about, okay, 3 and 6, great movies. All right, let's watch 6. And then I was thinking, like, wait, what is it that I like about 6 again? Why do I love 6 so much? And then, boom, Slughorn. I'm like, yep, that's why I like this. Slughorn. That is... Like, first of all, how do I become the best parts of him and avoid becoming any of the bad parts of him as I traverse through academia? I really would have liked the set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, exactly. He, he's so great. He's such a fun character. And it's what the Harry Potter movies need, is you need the three of them, and then you need, like, some other subplot throughout the movie. And that one just like, intersects with Harry Potter, like, the best of, like... Yeah, most I agree with that. Movie.
1: And I, I really think that it it's particularly fitting for this because the number of times that I've thought while using university resources to do our fantasy baseball stuff, purely for academic purposes, of course. Of course. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> I was like, ah, huh, I, I really relate to that one. <laughs> you know, uh... <laughs> Very rare. (laughs) This is my opportunity to do machine learning, Uh, (laughs) purely for academic purposes. Yeah, it really purely. (laughs) I was in the restricted
0: section. It is pretty good. My thing about the movie, though, as I was watching it, is like all I, I could think of the scenes, and I couldn't think of the connective tissue for like any of it. You know, like I'd be in a scene and I'd be forgetting what was next. And then we'd like start the scene and be like, oh yeah, okay, here we are.
1: Yeah, they they did a good job of, I, th- I think that what I, one of the things that I also like about Six is how well they took the book material and moved it into the movie. Absolutely. All the things that they stripped, in particular in this movie, they did a better job of excising the stuff that you didn't need to get the story across absolutely no i I think that's
0: it's what one of my favorite pieces about this is they really did just remove large chunks of the book um just not cover them whereas in other like oh goblet of fire like makes me so upset in the maze because it's like they just it's totally different whereas i could have done half the movie in the maze oh i totally agree yeah absolutely goblet of fire should have been two movies the last book should have been one movie completely agree yeah no i was uh, you know being me has its privileges <laughs> that was great movie you excited for this next movie i you you said something this morning and i said hmm i think it's about time oh i am invincible <laughs> are you ready for goldeneye uh,
1: uh. <laughs> yeah
0: time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Mayor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, B. <laughs> worst of luck to you, too. <laughs>